The Celtics lay an egg against the Bookerless Suns. Then a new segment, how worried should we be? Then laugh at Kyrie. And we'll talk a little trade deadline next on First to the Floor. Wayne Spoonie here. I'm with my mate, as the Aussies like to say, Jake Eisenberg. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I uh, I went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers last night. Yeah. Got this cool new Sweet. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, feeling a little dusty today. So, but I'm happy to be here and talking about a really fun team that had to let us down at all. Ever, so, never. They yeah. would never do anything like that. <laughs> and. And if you're a new listener, Dusty is Australian for hungover, just to clear that up. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's let's kick it off here, man. The Celtics fall to the Suns, uh, 104 to 96, I believe. 94. 106 to 94. We're off to a hot start here. Here we go. <laughs> Close enough. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and and really, Jake, what's your main takeaway from this one? What are we doing, man? Yeah. What are we doing? I've been captain of the, you know, we're playoff alphas. I'm not going to fall into the trap of the regular season beta mindset. These games don't matter. But yeah, this was this is the this was the perfect stretch to just like right the ship and get some momentum into like the the Sixers Grizzlies Bucks stretch we have before the All Star break. We spoke about it last episode. You have three days off coming into the Nets game, and we see exactly what we want to see. Perfect. We get a depleted Suns team. We should, honestly, it should be a team we beat by 20 and get more rest. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? You can't stop Ish Wainwright and Damian Lee. Dude. I mean, those guys are future Hall of Famers. And Dario Saric, no, somehow. No. I've always liked Dario. Uh, me too, dude. I've tried to get Dario on the Celtics yeah. for like five years now, so... Uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, uh, the first half, it just looked like they did not care. They didn't want to, it was too cold out. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to play basketball. And, you know, the Suns absolutely blitzed them after that weird Jalen, the, yeah. the start of this game was bizarre with Jalen yeah. getting on a 7-0 run himself. And then I think Aiton came back with a self 10-0 run and then Jalen scored again. So it was like, Jalen 10, 8 yeah. and 10. And then uh, from that point on, the Suns really took over. And at one point, I think they got it up to 19 in the second quarter. And, you know, the defense wasn't amazing uh, in that first half, but that might have been the worst offensive performance we've seen. I mean, it's one thing. I think like the Pacers game, you look back on that first half, I felt like the process wasn't that bad. They were just missing everything. This game, it was like they weren't even interested in trying to find open shots. <laughs> I, I went back and had a look at the first quarter's like shot attempts, and 16 out of the 23 field goal attempts were all jump shots. Ugh. All jump shots. Ugh. Like, that's... And, that, and when, they, when they were so hot against the Nets, he was like, well, maybe that was a bad thing, but because, you know, they came in here and thought they could just shoot their way like, through a, a crappy team. But the Nets team, the Nets game, they had a great process. Tatum and Jalen were getting downhill. They were kicking out to shooters as opposed to like some of the shots we're taking in this first quarter were just 
peak 2021 Awful. first half of last season, right? Just no passes. Um, yeah, it was, it was, or I don't, I don't know why, why, I don't know why they, they can't do it two games in a row. Like this is, this is like a micro, this is like a macro version of what we saw in the playoffs yep. where they should, like the Bucks series should never not have gone to six, seven games. Like we need, the fact that it, we even needed Tatum to save us in game six was kind of unacceptable. Like there was no reason that we should have been in that position and the heat was even worse. And this is what, and this is, and this is, you know, the same thing happening again. Like you need to win these games to give yourself rest and give yourself a better chance to win a title. Um, the one seed, we spoke about how the one seed is not important last week. The one seed got exponentially more important over the last 48 hours because now there's only three teams in the East that I think are legitimate East contenders. So if you get to the one seed, you avoid Philly and Milwaukee yeah. until the conference finals. So you, they need to be like, yes, one game here or there, you know, not the big deal, not a big deal, but you, you have to string games that you're supposed to, where you're favored by eight and a half points. You need to win these games. You can't be going down 20 um, to the Bookerless Suns, um, coming off three days of rest and a game where you didn't play a lot of minutes. This is no, no, no excuse. Yeah, I, I, this, this, Jalen had a very bizarre game because I thought he was excellent offensively in the first quarter, but terrible defensively. If you're watching on YouTube while Jake was talking there at the end, you just saw him get absolutely burned backdoor by uh, Bridges and he wasn't anywhere near him. It's like he didn't even try to cover a cut, a cut that was made right next to him. Um, You know, he had that big steal and dunk, but I mean, he really was responsible for a lot of miscues defensively. And then he had the six minutes or so he played in the second quarter might be the worst stretch of basketball I've seen <laughs> Jalen Brown play. He was so bad on both ends, man. It was frustrating to watch. He was jacking up the worst pull-up threes. I mean, yeah, no passes, pull-up three, just horrible stuff. Um, he threw a terrible pass to Al when we started to go on a run that Al had to basically like grab, yeah. I believe it was eight in and commit an offensive foul. So it wasn't a pick six going the other way. I mean, it was just like a comedy of errors in the second quarter from Jalen. And then in the third quarter, he was great again. So it's just like the man is a roller coaster at times. It was a true, yeah. It was a true Jalen roller coaster game because yeah. it was, yeah, it was really bad at points. Um, yeah. But then you zoom out, it's like, oh, 27, eight, four, three steals. Yeah. Like he, like he was electric when he was yeah. getting, getting them back in the game. But you know, he finished the game at minus five, um, and that kind right. of matches what we what you were watching. Like the impact on both ends just wasn't there consistently through the game. Yeah, I think people are a little hard on his defense. Not yeah. not tonight. I mean, I think he it, it, when he turned them over, you know, obviously that's great. But otherwise, I thought he gave up a lot of easy baskets to the Suns. And this is something we'll probably talk about a little bit more, but. These holes that they've just dig themselves in, man, in the first half when it's like you don't did Tatum drive in the first Nine. 16 minutes of this game. Once he hit that first three, he started driving. He had like one really nice little dish to Derek. Actually, here it is yeah, right there. Yeah, dish to Derek White who laid it off. Yes. And then, yeah. Yeah. He had another you're down, nice. You're down 19. Group. And it's like, yeah. okay, now we're going to start playing, playing offense. Yeah. I don't care what NBA team you're playing. You get like coming back from twenty down is is a real issue. Very difficult. Yeah, 
And Chris Paul dominated that second yeah. quarter. I mean, he was making everything from mid-range, which he's going to do. Like, you just have to bake that in when you play the Suns. Yeah. Chris Paul's going to have, like, 16 points and 10 of them on mid-range jumpers. So, it's just very, very frustrating to see Tatum not even, like, going back to the Nets game. His first two buckets, yeah. he absolutely diced Claxton, got to the rim, and he made two layups. And then he started taking the pull-up threes and working in other bits. This game... I don't even know if he cracked the three-point line in the first quarter, dude. <laughs> he had no interest. Absolutely no, no interest. No. Um, which is such a bummer because, he, yeah, he was so aggressive to start the game and set the tone early because I find when, like, when Tatum comes out getting downhill early, it just opens everything up because yeah. he already has so much gravity. And when he puts a focus on actually getting to the rim, which he can always do, even if he's not getting clean looks, yep. drive, the key to everything is the drive and kick game, right? Like, and when they're not getting to that, it, it looks gross. Yeah, they were missing shots that they could pretend they, you know, they, they often can make. Like, there was, it was another disgusting shooting performance. But, yeah. But also, the, the quality of the shots are just not the same as what they were getting in the Nets game. Um, the Nets game was, you know, a, a mix of excellent shot quality and just absurd. Crazy making. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, it, but they start the game the right way on both ends. And I find that's when Tatum has his best games. It's like he's so locked in on both ends. He's just kind of letting each each part of the game feed the other parts of the game. They were the you know, defense leading to offense, getting downhill kick, relocating, getting a catch and shoot, as opposed to just some of this ISO stuff. Um. Yeah. And, you know, credit to the Suns because I thought they did a really good job. And, you know, I'm about to speak ill of the beloved Derek uh, White. I know, uh, Jake. I'm sorry. Uh, but why? they did a really good job of punishing switches yeah. and not like Chris Paul taking Al Horford to the rim. They were posted up eight in early. Yeah. And then in that second quarter and the third quarter, we got Jocka clocked, dude. Uh, like, Jocka clock. was balling. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, or they'd work it inside and then kick it out for Damian Lee, who was a plus 30 in yes. this game. Come on. <laughs> Uh, and Ish Wainwright, who is a player I learned existed last night, uh, <laughs> making Look, threes. Sorry, sorry, Daria Sarge making threes. So, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I really enjoy. Honestly, maybe one of the highlights of the game was how excited Mike Gorman was about Ish Wainwright. Like he couldn't wait. He's like, I really hope this guy gets to the free throw line. He's like, No, actually, I'm just going to tell the story anyway. And he's telling us how he's you know football player, a couple yeah. of touchdowns. Um, and like I watched a bit of Suns this year, and I've, I've I've been like, this is very, he's got a distinct kind of body profile. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's a beast. He, he kind of looks like Grant in a, in a yeah. way. Because, um, yeah, and he, he played really well. Like, he was three for 11 from, from the field, but he hit three of his eight threes, all of which felt like huge shots. Uh -huh. And he bothered Tatum. Um, Tatum, Tatum had no yeah. interest on driving yeah. against him. Zero what, interest yeah. in even trying. Once, once he, he did it a little later, but it was again, he was yeah. like a case of too little, too late. And yep. Um, but credit to Wainwright, he was he wasn't like giving up easy, easy lanes to the basket because like that's a wide guy, you know. Yeah, and when, <laughs> and when, and yeah, when people are are already crowding in on Tatum, this wasn't a lot of room, so it was going to take an actual effort to get in there. Um, which yeah, which they didn't have. Um, and Jocker Clock, man. You know, Balled I love nothing. Out. I love nothing more than seeing the big dog um, ball out. But like, he eats on effort. Like he's not. A, he's not. A, you know, a big athlete. Dimensions exactly right. Um, yeah, Jock. Not exactly a dimension guy, 
uh, just just a solid guy. And when you're yeah. someone like Peyton Pritchard, you know, when he comes in, the other team's like kind of not ready for that kind of energy. He'll take advantage on the boards, little post ups, um, and yeah, that was an example of where the Celtics just weren't ready to match the the energy and the intensity of of the, the bench. The bench of the Suns were ready to like to play and. Speaking of benches, because that's where I was going to go next, Gosh. we have to talk about Brogdon and Grant Williams. Jesus I mean, Moses. Brogdon's line doesn't look horrid. I mean, he's 5 of 12, 12 points, four boards, only one assist, which is not, yeah. that's just not good enough, frankly, when you're shouldering as big of a load offensively as he's supposed to when he's on the court. And then uh, he was like game low, minus 28. Yeah. At Grant, there's a lot of talk about Grant. We're oh, going to talk, talk, about him sort of more globally in the big picture a little later on. But this particular game, run me through why you think Brogdon and Grant were combined minus 53. I don't know <laughs> what they were doing out there. Dude. I don't know what they were doing out there. Grant's in his head. Grant's yes, no question having confidence issues. I think this is just one of those bad Brogdon games. Um, happens. Where, yeah, he, you know, we had a two at least of those layups that he did not need to take to turn into fast break opportunities, didn't make any threes. Um, the offense, when him and Jalen are the lead guys, is bad. So bad. No, everybody knows that they're just kind of like bury their head down um, and yet hands in hands on their, on their dribbles. It's just not good. Um, and yeah, so between, between those two guys, um, and you really need like, them to kind of step up and be more consistent from... Um, from your bench and lately uh brogdon's been really good lately today yeah. yesterday was especially was just not a good brogdon game um it just feels like it's exacerbated sometimes like it can go from like it's a standard bad brogdon game but this just got out of out of hand quickly because they couldn't yeah. score and his defense continues to kind of be not as good as we were hoping yeah um, that's fair yeah <laughs> that's yeah. probably gentle yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh and Grant defensively as well. He's yeah, he's getting burned. He's getting beat beat off the dribble a lot. Yeah, it almost looks like uh two years ago when he uh-huh. had like filled out and uh was like, Hey, you're gonna be playing some more small ball five and he's just not tall enough to do that with yeah. any real basis. So he's then slimmed down and was able to guard wings and you know, earlier this year, Grant was like sticking to everybody, including like elite ball handlers. He was at least making their life difficult. And he's just not been that guy recently. Um, and it's a shame. Uh, you know, he did just pop his shoulder back into place like a week ago on the court. So I wonder if he's dealing with some pain, but uh he's not been great. But on on Brogdon, really quick. So against the Nets. I believe Tatum played the entire first quarter yeah. and Jalen subbed out and Brogdon came in and we absolutely dominated the Nets. And then for some reason in this game, we went away from that, took Tatum out early, brought Brogdon on. Actually, um, we took we brought Brogdon on, I think, for Rob. Yeah. And then Yes, Rob came out early. Yeah, and then Grant came on for Tatum like a minute later. Um, so it was that Jalen Brogdon, no Tatum minutes again and those have been very very bad even in games where Brogdon's <laughs> played well they've been very very bad so I wonder why he was like oh that worked let's not do it again I I don't know I don't understand because <laughs> they have 
they have eyes. They yeah. have the data. Like, yeah. I have to think that there's like a broader plan. Are they trying to get them to play better because they like that the way that in theory those rotations work? Yeah. Like, is that why they're trying to stick with this pairing? Because um, it was very, very clear. Um, I mean, we can we, I can pull up the Tatum on off stuff in general here. I I think that's it's it's almost more of a Tatum thing than a Jalen and a Brogdon thing. Um, but yeah, I, they need to start just at least seeing if that we well, let's just try it for a few games in a row and see if it, we can you know create well, some the, some different rhythms. Yeah, the frustrating part is uh, Jalen and Derek White without Tatum is actually pretty good. Yeah. So that does seem like a, a kind of obvious. Um, you know, fix there. But yeah, that Z Gamer, I think, is alluding to it in the chat. It's like, in the playoffs, we're going to have yeah. only eight guys play, right? So like, Brogdon and Brown are going to be out there when Tatum is sitting. So they yep. need to figure it out. And maybe the answer is, Rob's not been playing enough minutes, but maybe you play Rob with them and make him that hub, the dribble handoff. Please, Lord. High post, like, cutters, backdoor cuts, stuff like that, because it is so bogged down when Tatum's not out there with Brogdon and Brown. It is night and day, honestly. Yeah. Like, even the Nets game, uh, when the Net Nets like, didn't, didn't have a comeback at all, but there was a little slide in the second quarter. Tatum off the court, and he comes straight back in, and it's, it's instant. It's instant. Right back to 30. <laughs> right back. Yeah, I, I, they, it's not an uncommon thing, though, right? Like, the Warriors, Steph's always had some of the best on-off numbers in the league. Jokic as Jokic. well. Like, yeah. yeah. So there's just a thing that happens when the best players sit. Like I think I was I was looking at something like Lebr even LeBron Heedle's uh, era. Like when LeBron was off, the Heat weren't that good. So yeah. like, it does happen. We seem to we just can't be this bad. I think I'll pull exactly. up um, Keith Smith's tweet here. Um, some Jay, some Jason on-off numbers, offensive rating with Tatum on. 120.8, best in the NBA. When Tatum is off, offensive rating is 110.3, 28th in the NBA. And then, yeah, Boston plus 9.5 with Tatum on and ne negative 3.7 with Tatum off. Like, and yeah, it's just, it's too much. Exactly. It can't be that, it can't be that stark. They have the talent, like they have the pieces to, to make something work here. Um, but there are pieces of the rotation that have definitely dropped off, and it's yeah. the young guys. It's pretty always been, been rough lately, dude. Yeah. He's just not making shots, and yeah. he has he has, has to. to make yeah. shots. That's a no. That's a yeah. That's a deal breaker. If, a, if yeah. he's not knocking down shots, like, like honestly, I was surprised at how much of an impact he was making without making shots. But it's like that's gonna that's gonna run dry eventually. Um, houses, you can, sorry, I was just a house. I mean, houses gone. He's just point. not part of the rotation yeah. anymore. Yeah. Bring up Davison. See what he's got, dude. I mean, it yeah. can't hurt, right? May as well. At least he's a spark plug. But yeah, I mean, Pritchard, I love that he gives 100% effort, hounds ball handlers, hits the glass when he can. But, you know, there's only so much a six foot one guard can do to impact the game if he's not making shots. And he's not a playmaker. I mean, once okay. in a while, he'll have a nice drop off pass to the dunker spot or something, but that's not his game. Yeah. So he's got to make threes. Yeah. And he's one of two last night, but that's, you know, no, that's he, not yeah. enough volume no. to matter. He needs to be, uh, yeah, he needs to shoot five threes in 12 minutes yeah. and make yeah. two of yeah. them. Yeah. Fire away, dude. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're in there for. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. Okay, real quick, you know, the fourth quarter, we nibbled away. It was a pretty frustrating end <laughs> yeah. of the fourth quarter, I thought, where it felt like every time we got within striking distance, somebody hit a three. Often it was Damian Lee. Oh my Sarich gosh. hit a real big one yeah. when it was 96-90 to make it 99-90 and basically end the game. So just a very, then that's why you don't get in a 20-point hole yeah. in the second quarter, right? Because so you go on that big third quarter run, you'd be up 10 if you didn't dig that hole, but instead- you're still down five, six, seven in the fourth quarter, and you just can't. You don't have enough juice. Well, they they ran it down, like they walked it down. They gave up 17 points in the third quarter. It was like, okay, here we go. Defense yeah. starters came out, but then again, it was the bench. And like the start of the fourth quarter, we went into the quarter. I, you know, it was it was we were down two, three two point or game. something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was close. And then all, and then it was a 12 point lead in like three minutes, and it was yeah. like, where, where's Tatum? Where's yeah, Tatum? Right. We, 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 he can't play 48 yeah. minutes, though. That's the problem, you know? Like he, he he in this yeah. game, he played 38, dude. I that's know. too many. Too many. 38, he was a plus one. There's not... Oh, look. Yeah, right. What do you want from him? <laughs> 48 minus 38 is 10 minutes. We're what? We're minus 12? 10 minutes? What is, what is this guy going to do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's completely unacceptable. Um, so you'd lose every game by 48 if you played without Tatum. Like yeah. it just, just be kind of below average. Be a playing team. Hitting. Be yeah. a playing team when he's right. off the court. Don't be the Rockets. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because that's, that's what it looks like too. No one's yeah. passing and the defense falls off a cliff as well for some reason. Yeah. And you know who we're missing, Jake? I know. Yeah. Marcus Smart. It's and unreal. speaking of Marcus Smart, unless you have anything else you want to say yeah, about that incredibly annoying game, you have a conspiracy theory about Marcus <laughs> Smart that you need to share with the people. I'm not convinced that he cannot be playing right now. Okay. Marcus, okay, he was, you know, Marcus, you know, he's getting little nicks and bruises all the time, but he always comes back pretty quick relative to the average person. He's always, we've always called him Wolverine, always been a fast healer. For example, Game 3, Eastern Conference Finals, honestly looked like he snapped his ankle in half and he came back and played in the game. He hit a corner three in what should have been one of the greatest moments in Celtics playoff history where we lost because the Miami Heat are the worst. Yeah, yeah, annoying. Um, Misses one game and then plays the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, it was the playoffs and he was going to be playing. Um, I'm just not buying that he's out for this. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Z Gamer. If he wasn't be like a month, yeah. dude. Yeah. A month. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's a couple of things. One, are they taking this as like a chance to just have a look at what the team looks like without Marcus a little bit? Uh, two, have they realized um, how important, they probably already, obviously already knew, but like this has really emphasized just how important Marcus has been. Um, since he's missed, I think it's eight games now. Um, and they've been like, you know what? We're putting Marcus on the Rob bubble wrap program. Yeah. Like he's not, because I think Gorman in the broadcast yesterday said he's not, he might not be coming back till, um, after the all-star break, which is very surprising to me. I thought for sure he would kind of, you would be back by the Pistons game to kind of, and be there for the, the Sixers, Grizzlies, Bucks stretch. Um. If this is rare for Marcus, he's always back early and quick. So I think something's yeah, going on. I, I think it's, I think you're spot on. I think it's the Rob Williams, like, yeah. we're 21 games over 500. That's kind of the magic number to me. You stay 20, 
22 games over 500 for the whole year, you're fine. So we could, I think we play 500 ball the rest of the way and get guys real legitimate rest. And I think that's what they're doing with Marcus here. And yeah, I agreed. Like can't hurt to showcase Pritchard a little bit, you know, yeah. the trade deadline coming up and, you know, see how Brogdon does with a bigger, you know, bigger load, offensive load. And, you know, he's mostly stepped up to that other yeah. than last night. So um, yeah, I think there's something screwy going on. And he said as much that if it was the playoffs, he'd play. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I really hope he's back for this, for the, the Sixers game and on into the all-star break, just because it would be nice to see this team. Cause it's honestly, it's a really good um, opportunity. We have three big teams coming, you know, to, coming up. Yeah. He'll be, he's really, he's the only one that's not healthy right now. It'll be great to see the team play five games fully healthy um i know this is the nba like you don't and you don't get a lot of opportunities to actually do that because guys are always going to be in and out um and to get you know three big games with your full lineup intact i think would be would be really really helpful yeah definitely but the flip side is they you know the other team doesn't get to scheme against your full lineup so in the playoffs it's a little different look i'm not i think the benefit of playing outweighs the benefits of them not knowing how to scheme and it look it's not like marcus smart's a second year player like teams know the deal with marcus even though he's you know having his best offensive year of his career but all right anyway we've got a new segment kind of (laughs) although we always talk about how worried we are so it's kind of a new segment and it's called very creatively named how worried are we and jake you came up with the scoring scale and it's one for being not worried and 10 is being Ben Simmons on his way to the rim. <laughs> Incredibly worried and scared. Anything Ben Simmons. Yeah, right. Very worrying. Everything to do with Ben Simmons, yeah. Except um, for who he's hanging out with off the court. So. Yeah, well, he's always got somebody, you know. Someone so he's the young socialite, dude. Yeah. Uh, young... All right. <laughs> Goodness the me. The cold shooting. How worried are you? And specifically... Are you worried that this team can go cold for four out of seven games in the playoffs? Because, like, I don't care if we have a bad shooting night against Phoenix in February, but I'm worried that if this team goes cold for four games out of seven, we probably lose a series. So how worried are you about that? Yeah, um, not too worried. I'm probably like a three worried. I, I do think it's a regular season issue. I know earlier in the year when we were so hot from three, we were talking about how sustainable is this? Um, what does the offense look like when they're actually, you know, you know, they're not making a lot of threes? Yeah. And there's been plenty of games over January that they have won. Again, like it feels like it's really bad right now, but they've actually won a lot of games in, in January. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it matters, like the Nets game, they play the right way. And I think, I'll, I honestly think a lot of the cold shooting nights, especially last night, the types of shots and the way they're getting the shots lead to poor shooting nights. And I think when you when you get to the playoffs, um, they're they're generating rim looks like there's 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 pedal to the middle. You know they're not trying to shoot their way through um, a random night at the Knicks. So I'm not too worried about the, the cold shooting just because I've seen all of these guys make big shots in the playoffs um, for years now. So yeah. that that the the cold shooting we experienced it last year for half a season as well. Like it's kind of wild. Like as a fan, it feels like a month-long shooting slump is an eternity. But you know, it, it happens to every team, maybe like yeah, two times a year, um, and you just have to kind of ride it out. 
Yeah, even the Warriors have their months where they're yeah. not absolutely lights out from three. So one to ten. One to Ben Simmons, where are you at? All the three for um for the cool. shooting. But yeah. um yeah, that's a three. I guess I'm two. gonna go I'm gonna go five. Because five. I, okay. I don't think it's likely, but I can see it if we lose in the second or the conference second round of the playoffs or the conference finals, it will be because the shots aren't falling. And we're not playing the right way. So, little okay. worried. Not super okay. crazy worried, but a little worried. <laughs> All right. That's second. more worried than I would have expected. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I think people are rattled. Just don't go I'm, down. I'm more I'm rattled. rattled. <laughs> I'm more rattled than I would have thought today it's, and it's yesterday. It's like the weight of, ex, the, like, the weight yeah. of great expectations, man. Like, yeah. it's, well, we know how good they can play. And so, exactly. It's so obvious. It's, like, it's like, how many, yeah. Like the only way I'm happy is if they blow out the other team, and you know what I mean. Or because like, they should the be. Sh- yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not, so it's just frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, well, that dovetails perfectly to the next one. Right, right, right. So, how worried are we? The lack of effort, sleepy games like this Suns game, OKC game that you uh, doesn't exist for you, but <laughs> you know, for some of us, it did happen. Um, the Pacers, you know, the first half of that Pacers yeah. game wasn't super high yeah. effort. It wasn't that bad, though. Two Not out of like three of the Magic night. games. Yeah, the Magic games. Yeah. So how worried are you about the lack of effort? See, this is, I'm very low on this one. Um, just because when it is a big game, they get up. Like, yeah. No, with like, without, without fail. It'll be interesting to see if they get up for the Pistons game. Because they usually, you know, because two days off. It, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. They play us tough. Yeah, they always play always play us tough. We yeah, it's, we're probably gonna have to, you know, nail bite you know, the pistons tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, but broadly, effort wise, when it matters, not an issue. Um at all. So I'm like a one or two on like the actual lack of effort. What I'm I guess concerned about is how the lack of effort's gonna impact our like big picture ability to win, because the the importance of the one seed has been increased lately. Yeah, and um, there's also, I think, the argument that if you actually take care of business in the first three quarters against some of these bad teams, Tatum and Brown can sit in the fourth quarter like they did against the Nets game. I think uh, Tatum played 29 minutes, Brown mm-hmm. was at 32, and it's because we blew the doors off them. Like, if you come out, lay the smack down, then you can play a bunch in the first three quarters and still only play 28, 29, 30 minutes. So uh, I think it, it feeds into that too. So I, I'm with you though. Like in the playoffs, I know these dudes are going to yeah. bring it. Tatum and Brown to bring it in the playoffs and smart too for their entire careers. I know Rob is probably the oh, one guy yeah. whose effort is always 100% or maybe Pritchard too, but he's yeah. far less impactful. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a two for the lack of effort, not yeah. worried about yeah, and it. And I think with the effort thing, you know, we can we can only go back to Marcus so many times, but he sparks nights when yeah. that's an issue. Like yep. Derek White can do it a bit here and there, Rob here and there, but I mean this is this is why Marcus is the loved and trusted human that he is, because of because he's pulled those out of like some of the worst moments ever. Like any, sure. any like how many times when it's like, oh here we here we go, and then Marcus dies on the floor, saves a board, you know. Takes a charge all in like two minutes. It's like, okay, we're back. Does that like fast clap he does? Yeah. And it's oh. like, all right, we're getting juiced up now. The, 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 the uh, garden starts going crazy. He's the but, best. 
All right, the uh, the last one. How worried are we? And this guy, there's been a lot of talk oh, on on our various social medias, Twitter, Reddit, Slack channels, Slack channels <laughs> with the trade deadline coming up. I've heard his name uttered a lot about upgrading his spot, trading him before you have to pay him. How worried are you about Grant Williams? Yeah, this is this is high. That's a tough one. Tough this, one. This is high. We're not getting, we're not at a, we're not out of Ben Simmons. We're not out of full Ben Simmons. Um, no way. Like um, Grant's still shooting forty one percent from three on the year. Um, ben Simmons. Not in his wildest dreams, could he imagine? Hasn't shot like 41 that? threes <laughs> yeah, in his career. Yeah. <laughs> could not dream uh, of shooting 41% from three. Um, but it's been kind of a disaster uh, lately. I th- okay, so in the next Nets game, where pretty much we were up by 40 from literally the first quarter, Grant happened to just manage to be a plus six when the rest of the team was like all plus 20 and, and above. We covered the minus 24 against the Suns. Disaster. Team low minus eighteen in in the overtime loss against the Knicks, um, and there's just these games that are popping up where it's it's like four points, zero assists, three rebounds, a couple of fouls, yeah, and like not good enough. Yeah, and what was it was the play yesterday? He they had a breakdown on the defense, and Aiden got ended up getting a lob from either I was thinking of Mikael Bridges, and not only did Grant you know give up the play, but then he. He fouled him and had in a, in a spot where there was no chance of him actually blocking that shot. Yeah. And then he's giving up an extra free throw. It's just, it's mental um, on both ends. It feels like at this point, uh, he's yet, yeah, he has no idea when he's supposed to shoot and close and, and try closeouts right now. Um, that's the biggest thing because that, that's the game. The, the release probably isn't quite quick enough. That's probably one of the big issues. But again, I think we've spoken about this. Like, I've never, he's, Get blocked. Just shoot it. Just Who shoot cares it. if you get blocked? Just shoot it. Let's see if you're actually going to get blocked. Right. Yeah. Out. Yeah. So no, agree. Yeah. yeah. What number are you at then? Cool boy. Yeah. It's I'm like a like nine. I'm like wow. I'm like, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, that's I'm way up there. I'm He's like, almost I'm like, full Timbo. So this so <laughs> maybe he he's like a. And not even, even Markel Fultz is probably nine. So you know Grant hasn't forgotten how to shoot. Um, maybe an eight. But what I'm what I'm concerned with, um, players go through slumps, no question. Uh, yeah. What concerns me though is that we've seen Grant be elite in the playoffs once. He's a young player still. If if like this is like a confidence issue going, like we don't have a track record of Grant proving that he can pull out of tailspins. <laughs> what we check? I know, Gilbert. If you're listening, this you're hurts not, me. But <laughs> you're not. Please, Ben. I hope you're not. But it hasn't been great. Um, and yeah. yeah, and okay, I am way lower than you. Okay, so hear me out. Hear me okay. out. Progression for young players. We all think it's like 2K, right? It's just natural that it just like you just keep getting better on a straight line. I mean, like rationally, we know that's not true. But when we see it playing out in front of us, we have a tendency to be like, oh my God, this guy stinks now. What is going on? But being able to shoot is relatively new for Grant. And driving closeouts against NBA defenses 
is brand new to him, right? Like he's been doing it for a couple months. Um, as we were getting people trolling, Landon Lakes trolling Kyrie in the chat, which I'm always behind. Uh, so everything like Grant's role is entirely new to him, right? And his minutes have been going up and down a little bit with how he's played on both ends. You know, he's being asked to shoulder a bigger load defensively and a much bigger load offensively. And he's risen to the task at times and other times he's failed, right? Like even Jason Tatum was not good in his second year. Like he was no. inefficient. He did not play well. Part of that was Kyrie. That was, that was old Kyrie's fault. But that's role, right? I mean, he's he had to adjust to a new totally. role and he struggled. Like, I think that's what we're seeing with Grant is that he's going through some growing pains right now where he's trying to expand his game, explore the studio space a little bit, especially when he's driving and getting that shot drive balance down is really difficult, especially when you're a guy. It's not like Grant's dribbling the ball up the court. We've seen him try recently a oh, few boy. times and it's a disaster. Um, so... I'm at like a five or six for Grant okay. because I, I still think this high is, though. yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I just think this is like the ebbs and flows of a young player asked to do more, spread his wings. And, you know, sometimes it looks great. Sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, dude, going back to what we talked about, I think it was when we did New Year's resolutions yes. uh, for players and it was like, just shoot the just ball, shoot. Grant. Fire away. I do not care if you miss. Just shoot the ball, yeah. and this will all start to look a lot better. Yeah, like you're a forty. He's at forty one percent right now. I think part of that is because the shots that he is taking are truly the wide open ones. Yeah, I think he needs to yeah up the volume. If the percentage comes down to thirty six, thirty seven, but he's getting up like you know an extra two or three per game, and it's actually you know warping the defense. I think part of the issue right now is that teams are like then they're sagging off him still because they can kind of they can still close out on him and now on the scouting report it's like he's gonna pump fake himself out of a clean, a clean shot look. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that what what why why it's higher on the concern level is that the, the window's open like you look at the rest of the league you know it's us the box sixes whatever like there's the role in a similar you know all on a, a one tier if you want right. to rank you know Celtics one, Bucks two, Sixers three. No team is like head and shoulders above any other team right now. So we all agree we didn't, we know we can't screw around here. So it just it concerns me that young player again. These are all fair, you know, points. Yes, young player progression is not linear, but we don't have time for that right now. Like you know, yeah, fair. we don't really understood. You know, yeah, that's kind of. What crystallized for me uh, yesterday, and I was like, I don't know, if if yeah, when well, we're gonna get to the trade deadline, but like, we got to really think about you know the veteran potential we can bring in, um, someone that's gonna be you know that has more proven experience. Uh, as amazing as Grant was in the playoffs, defending Giannis, Kyrie, KD, um, he did kind of fall off though in the Heat in the in the Warriors series. So I, I, yeah, I just, I'm sure Brad's thinking about it as well. Oh yeah, why don't we jump into the trade deadline because that was next up on our run sheet. I'm gonna jump around just a little bit here, Jake. Uh, Let's just continue this conversation about Grant. Are you open to moving him at the deadline? Yeah, I think you have to be. Yeah, Um, yeah. And look, the we're kind of. I feel like we're in a an an inverse of where we were going into the trade deadline last season. 
um, we had finally, we had, we were trending in the right direction. Um, I know a lot of it has to do with, you know, injury and, um, by the way, still the best record in the NBA. It's like, yeah, not, not playing that bad. By a few games. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think you have to be, if, if, if the right deal, you know, pops up, like you're not going to, you know, move Grant for, for no reason. Um, my, my move, and I know Brad has, um, you know, Brought guys back from from previous Celtics generations. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm all in on bringing back Kelly O for um, for <laughs> gr- for a Grant Pritchard uh, and Gallo. Like um, I'm kind of there. I think the issue with the team kind of is offense right now, and Kelly O would like he's a seriously good offensive player. As far yeah. as bringing that guy off the bench um, in this system, um, you know, we talk about the dribble handoff game, like. He, he yeah he can run handoffs with the with the Jays. It'll be fun to see them back together after. Um, did they overlap at all? Jalen maybe go one year with Kelly. Yeah, I think so. That because yeah, uh, Jalen was on that team that got absolutely destroyed by Cleveland. Um, yeah, so it, not really. No one yeah, actually plays last year. So I think I think they did overlap for a year. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm with Jordan here in the chat. I'm I'm definitely open to moving Grant, but it's got to be like. OG Ananobi type of deal, okay. like a dude you know can replace his role and is really, really, really good. Like, I'm a huge PJ Washington guy. I'm not sure PJ Washington's that much better than Grant. Like, yeah. you let Grant fire away in that crappy Charlotte team. Like, I bet his stats look pretty similar to PJ. PJ's better at getting to the rack. I think Grant's considerably better on the defensive end and is a better, uh, like, corner shooter which is very important for us so it's got to be like dead bang no brainer upgrade on grant williams if you're going to move him and and that and kelly o doesn't fit into that category for you i think kelly o and grant play different roles no so quite, yeah. I, yeah i think kelly o is like rob insurance al insurance um and taking that cornet role where it's just like okay we don't have to you know when we're healthy we can sit rob you know, Rob and Al can each play like 24 minutes because we know Kelly O can play 24 himself. So I see, like, if you're replacing Grant, you need a wing. You got to get a wing back yeah, because Grant guards wings and Kelly O ain't doing that. <laughs> no. And look, sound team defender, Kelly O. But yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're fine. You're, 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 missing, you're missing a body, no question. I think if you made a deal like that, it has to come with another move as well where, yeah. you're, where you are bringing a wing. Um, which you yeah, have, which you can do. You know, we've, we've talked about Shafonte Green, Shayshon Tate. Um, we, to replace Grant with how he's playing right now, I actually don't think is that hard. It's just when you talk about replacing the guy that we saw in the playoffs last season, that's exactly different. And I'm, and I'm not sure how you kind of predict whether or not we're going to get that guy at this moment. You can't. You yeah. just got to hope. You know he's a hard worker. Like, you know he works on his game. And you know he tries. So, you just got to hope those things work out. And I think we're going to have to go through Giannis through the Jays' entire careers, basically. We know Grant does a very good job, about as good as you can do, on Giannis. That alone is like an irreplaceable skill to the point where, like, I don't know how OG guards Giannis. Maybe he's all right. He's pretty good. Um, yeah, so maybe he's yeah he's he's pretty good. Okay, that's fine. That's why I'd be willing to trade Grant for OG, yeah. obviously. Yeah, 
but the, yeah, the Javante, OG market, you know, the, the, the OG Vanderbilt, him. he'd be all right. But I would love Vanderbilt. This is, and this, but okay, and then this, you know, obviously, you know, we 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 saw Sixers reports today. They're in on Vanderbilt, as is going to be half the league because he makes yeah. four million dollars and he's awesome, he's good. Yeah. yeah. So, and Daddy Ainge, man, he's got to be having the time of his life. He's got to be having the time of the life. Everyone's calling him. He's like, he yeah. loves it. He's yeah. like, got two picks for that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Come on, you see what I go for Rudy, dude? Yeah. Yeah. You think you're getting anything done? So, <laughs> the, the the bidding war for some of those guys is going to be interesting. Um, but it's like, if you see a move happening, like you see the Sixers moving on Vanderbilt on dare I say, Kevin Durant, does, does that change how aggressive your calculus needs to be? Like, you can't, we, we have more picks than the Sixers to kind of move at the moment. Um, I don't know what their young player is. It's like, I think it's Maxi. It, yeah, well, Maxi, yeah. If, if they're going to do like a proper move, I don't think they would move Maxi for OG. I don't, no. No, yeah. but like, you know, well, we don't know what's going to happen when this, with this net situation. Like, is Kevin Durant kind of back back on the market and if Philly starts to put Maxi on the table, you know, that's a that's a really good young player. Like not a lot of those guys are out there. Um and you're not you're not trumping a Maxi deal with with Grant. But if you're looking at a Vanderbilt deal and Philly's throwing in Fival, I I think it's no question that Grant has oh, far yeah. more value than than, than Way more. Yeah. Way more. Like Thibel has not been a playoff player his whole career. One way guys. As much as we've kind of been, you know, crapping on Grant today, um, he's still a two-way player. Um, like, 40, again, 41% from three. You, can't, you know, you're going to leave him open. He's going to knock down threes. Again, important to remember we still have the best record in the league. This is all kind of um, in the context of becoming like the clear-cut best team in the league. Yep. Um, so the margins get tight. For, yeah, so like if you see Philly moving on a Vanderbilt, do you, is that something where you're like, I, it might not be a huge, huge upgrade, but like, just do you, do you make the move for, to move Grant for Vanderbilt just to block Philly from doing it or something like that? Yeah. I, I, I think Vandy is at this point getting a little overrated. I think that's likely. He, you do not have to guard him in yeah. the playoffs. Like he's kind of offensively, he's got more juice than Tybal, but he's, We'll get guarded like the Ty Bulls and the PJ yeah. Tuckers, and that is really harmful in the playoffs. Like he can pass the ball a little bit, he can go on the short roll, but we're gonna have Rob doing that, and mm -hmm. Al is picking Pop Master. So, like I, I don't know where Vanderbilt's role is, other than like he's a clear replacement for Rob if he's hurt, and he's incredible. Like we could probably, you know, if Rob goes out for the playoffs and we have Vandy, it's like all right, we're fine. But if we're fully healthy, um. I'm not sure Vandy is a really great fit, really? even though he's an incredibly good defensive player, because he just, you know, I think he can grind yeah. your offense to a halt in the playoffs. And, you know, he, he played well in the playoffs last year in that Memphis series and stuff, but I don't know. I, he's a good player, but the way people are talking about him, you'd think he's like OG, dude, and he Danny is not Ainge, anywhere. Man. I he's know, Danny, me. dude. He's got me wrapped around his finger. He's a master. He's a um, master. So, yeah, Jake, real quick before we move um, on to, because we are going to talk about the Nets next, <laughs> and this will be the fun part of the podcast. If you had to predict what move 
the C's make at the deadline? Is it going to be a small move like the buyout big man, buyout wing, sort of that medium, Jay Sean Tate, Javante level, the like medium, but really <laughs> awesome PJ, uh, Kelly, Vanderbilt level, or are we going home run, OG, every pick, whatever you want on the table? And the more, the more I, I've gone both ends of the spectrum every day, it feels like on an OG. I'm like, are you really going to give up two first round picks for a guy that, you know, not, not going to sniff an all-star game in his career. But the idea of having OG in a lineup with Marcus Jalen, Jason Rob, and being the best defensive team maybe <laughs> ever would just be amazing. I think it's going to be, I, I, I don't know, I think Brad might make a swing here. Um, I'm thinking like we'll do some buyout stuff and there's going to be a Derek White, Kelly Olynyk sized move. Um, I, I would expect some, some action from Brad, I think, um, from what we've seen in January. I guess it depends on how much Brad's just like, Marcus is injured. I know how important he is. When he's out there, the team looks completely different, which is true. That being said, we want to make bring a prediction. In- do it. <laughs> You're going uh, medium deal yeah, then. Give, give, me a, give me a medium deal. Give me yeah. a couple of mediums, Yeah, I'm calling my shot. I've been calling it since summer. Forsberg called us out on a, another podcast because we always talk about him. We're trading for PJ Washington. I can, yeah, yeah. Look it. It's we happening. Have to be, I'm sneaking it into existence. Um, yes. Great point from Ben. We will be live streaming the trade deadline. Um, 3 p.m. Eastern time, I believe, and which will be 6 a.m. Uh, Sydney time. Uh, but me and Ben, for you guys, we're up, ready to roll. Getting I the, will probably bounce in and out here and there uh, because I will be working, but that's yes. all right. I'll try and hop in when I can. You yeah. know, if there's a big Celtics trade, I will be there. Yeah, I'll, put a, yeah. I'll put a meeting on my calendar <laughs> or something. Like that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... Kyrie Irving listed mm. as out tonight versus the Wizards. And as us Celtics fans joke, due to being on a higher plane of consciousness than the rest <laughs> of the NBA, the biggest news in NBA circles is that Kyrie Irving, after getting crushed by the Celtics for the 10th time in a row, this time by 40, the Nets implode and he asks for a trade. And Jake, how good does it feel? They, uh, this is why I don't understand why people are booing Kyrie. This he only provides us with good good things now. Since he's moved to the Nets, it's it's trauma, it's easy wins, um, it's like it's fantastic. We should be cheering his existence. I know, for, just due to how much joy he brings me. Um, this this article or headline from New York Sports. If you're watching the YouTube, we've got the the screenshot here. Kyrie's to-do list while in Brooklyn. Pocket more than $100 million, miss 134 games, refuse the, refuse the COVID vax, promote anti-Semitic movie, win one playoff series, demand a trade. <laughs> tried to warn you. Yeah, we did. We tried and to you warn you. Cleveland, tri- Cleveland fans tried to warn us yeah. too. So, I mean, hey, we were there too. I get it. But what an <laughs> absolute ridiculous clown i mean this is this is crazy man like he he's on like i almost kind of feel bad because it's at the point where i think he might be somewhat mentally unstable but you just cannot win with it like the fact lebron's greatest accomplishment is that he won a title with kyrie irving 
no one else is going to be able to do that. No, that's that's what keeps LeBron in the GOAT <laughs> conversation because this guy is just a locker room bomb, dude. Like, how insufferable. Like, you have one of the best teams in the <laughs> NBA. Like, I'm the Nets are good. Yeah, dude. They are really, really good. And he's going to undermine all that because he got his feelings hurt by the Celtics fan yelling, you suck Kyrie at the end of a blowout. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The lack of self-awareness, and this is not breaking news, but the, the, the fact that he cannot comprehend why there would be some hesitancy to offering him a four-year, $200 million extension is absolutely delusional. mind-boggling. Absolutely delusional. Like, dude, literally just this season, you've caused like three issues. Last you missed all of last year. Your the team prior, the team prior, you literally have like a four year track record now of being unreliable, and you're about to turn thirty. You've got injury concerns, and you're going to demand a trade like a like a toddler having a tantrum when they don't <laughs> give you two hundred million dollars. And to quote the great Kyrie, "Never been about the money, Spoonie." Yeah, never. Of course never not. About the yeah. money. It's about the respect. About yeah. respect. And right. There's not enough on on Kyrie's name, according to him. Yeah, I've been I've uh, been in the chat. Just said that the Clippers have emerged as a candidate for Kyrie, as Woj announced. I the Clippers are desperate for a point yeah. guard who can actually like create. It's like what we saw um, in the 2020-21 season, where Smart hadn't emerged, and we had Kemba in and out of the lineup. And the offense was just kind of a lot of ISO ball with the Jays, and it just didn't look right, even though there was a lot of talent. And then Smart got moved to point guard, called out the Jays, and you know the offense exploded. So that's what the Clippers look like. Yep. They, for all their talent, the ball just doesn't move. Oh, it's very difficult to watch. Um, and if Kyrie bought in, it actually played the right way. He would be an incredible fit for them. But we all know he won't. So they've yep. got the ammo to get him though. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting to to see what people are willing to give up to get Kyrie, right? Because obviously he's a um, free agent at the end of the season. Thirty six million dollars of salary to send out to just acquire him, so that's just a lot of stuff on your roster for a guy. You don't, you don't know, you don't know. You really just you've no idea, no clue, no, no idea. Um, but the Clippers is a good one. I'm not sure. I watched the the Bucks Clippers game the other day, and they are. 100% Celtics light, like Celtics West, like two wings, but they just have less, like less bigs and less guards. Like the Derek White, Progden, Marcus Smart, they, all three of those guys would, would start on, on oh, yeah. the Clippers. Um, and they're missing a backup big for, for Zubats as well. Um, so yeah, they're literally just a bunch of wings and it just, it, it gets so sticky. Um, and when you're playing a, like a good defense, like the Bucks, or, and on, as good as Kawhi has kind of been playing late on lately, not, not peak Kawhi. Um, no, no, no. Like still had a had a good game today from what I was watching earlier. Um, but yeah, not 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 the same levels. I mean, they need guards to like get the ball moving, get them in good good spots. So can see that for for the for the for the Nets. But like, does this just eliminate the Nets from like e- like East contention now? Yeah, I mean, are they going to get any, like, legitimate players back? I think the real question is, like, Durant's back on the table, yeah, I guess, now? Yeah, and from a Celtics perspective, like, we had all those conversations about JB for Durant, 
in the summer, like JB Gallo gets there money wise. Like, are you interested in that at all in the middle of the season? KD was playing so so well before he got injured, but that's that's he's thirty five or thirty four, dude. Know. Like you, you, that's the problem. <laughs> but I will say, all of his knee injuries have been like just people falling into him, and maybe that's just part of being this weird seven foot dude that he can't handle those types of hits. I'm t- man, he he was like him and Jokic were clear cut one two MVP were when when Durant went down. He was um on a just a completely different level, like 56% from the field, you know, 30 points per game. Yeah. The, like the defense, uh, while Jalen's defense, I actually think, yeah, has gone a little underrated and overblown with someone like the off-ball stuff that he misses. Durant's a better defender. But I, 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 I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't make that decision. I think the Lords, I'm not in that position to have to, to decide something like that. Um, but I have to I, think the rest of the league's calling about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. The second <laughs> that second that came through the ticker, I bet you ten teams are on the phone. Yeah. Like, hey, you know Durant, and they're like, we're trading Kyrie, but yeah. not Kevin. So. I know. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> so funny. It's like no one gives two craps about Kyrie getting moved. It's like, oh, does this mean yeah. that KD on the table again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. the real needle mover here. I didn't want to do it over the summer. I still don't want to do it. I think our window is really wide open for five, six years here. Uh, I wouldn't want to undercut that and make it like two years, especially given Durant's injuries. As Jordan said, they pile up, man, and he is old and he makes $50 million. So I just think it's way too risky, even though it definitely makes us a better team. And Landon Lakes asks, any chance Nets don't trade him? I actually think if the Nets do make a deal with the Clippers, the Clippers have the exact type of guys that the Nets need. They need bigger wings who can shoot. So if they could get like Marcus Morris and Batum or like Norm Powell and Marcus Morris or something like that, I think that makes, you know, might make them a better team. Um, So I, I think there's a very high chance they keep Durant and try to keep and try to find something for Kyrie. I also think there's a chance they just think Kyrie's going through a mood swing and just like let it chill for two weeks and you know he pretends it never happened that seems likely yeah he's, yeah he's you know he's goes he's got to get his next batch of of mushies that's probably what's what happened he's probably running low on um some magic mushrooms that seems like something that Kyrie would be um <laughs> having some issues with and so maybe he's just having a having a, a low dose day and um that's what really set him off and maybe his shipment comes in next week and he and all of his chakras uh, get realigned and he's happy to accept the $78 million extension or whatever it is that they've offered him. Um, yeah, because they can go any number of ways. I actually do think, though, that the Nets, you know, kind of, this, this is it. They're screwed now. Like, this was, finally, they played like a normal basketball team for two months. I, you know, got some games under their belt. Too it's, much. It's so <laughs> hilarious, dude. Can't even do half a season, this guy. No. <laughs> um, and if they do move, you know, Kyrie for, you know, Norm Powell or whatever, I think that they might, you know, improve the defense, but offensively, you know, they're, they're already ISO heavy as well. And like, um, Kyrie was their best playmaker. And it's like, if you're bringing in Marcus Morris and Batum or Norm Powell, it, there's just, again, there's not, you kind of turn into the Clippers in a way in that you don't have, the guard play to, to get guys Fair. in the right spots. 
from a Celtics perspective, I think there's like this is you can write write them off as like a true issue. In not that I was really ever too concerned um, with how well we match up with the Nets, but I mean now, yeah, it's see over, you, dude. See you later. It's over. Yeah, and. I'd like to just plug, we will be live streaming again, plug it again. Yeah. The trade deadline, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m. for the Aussies yeah, out there. You have to come out. We're up at 6 a.m. You got to come in. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do it for <laughs> Ben and Jake. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, because we've already gone over an hour Come as on. per usual, yep. Jake, but Jalen Brown made the all-star team, I think well-deserved. You know, if you listen to any of the NBA, broader NBA podcasts, like, Everyone was like, yeah, he's hands down in. Let's move on to somebody else who maybe shouldn't have got in. So 27-7-3, almost 50% shooting, 34% from three. And if that comes back up, dude, he might be sniffing 30. If you're um, worse than 34. If, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, 78% from the line, which is acceptable, not great, <laughs> which but is acceptable. We'll take it. Which yeah. Brown at the line. Yeah. Um, yeah shout it, out, JB. Shout out, JB. Yeah, look, man. You're you're just you're so in the weeds when you're doing like just Celtics content and like you're following that team so closely and you're 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 in the Twitter cycle of you know you're living and dying by the JB roller coaster on a you know quarter to quarter basis but like you zoom out on on JB and how good he's been this year like you know he's top fifteen in the NBA in scoring on on legit efficiency tough shot maker um, as much as people want to talk about how he's Maybe not as good as a defender he, he as he should be. He's become an underrated, yeah, become an underrated defender. I think on ball, yeah. you look at the Warriors game, um, especially in the second half when JB locks in off ball, can still be really good. And you, you listen to all the national podcasts, and it's like kind of a no brainer for everybody. But yep. you like you go on to Celtics Twitter, and you you think that he's 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 Norm Powell. It's like yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, it's crazy, dude. We we are not. We are not appreciating Jalen Brown. So let's just appreciate he's an all-star. He's averaging 27 a game on almost 60% true shooting. Like the man is a very, very good player, top 20 guy. So glad he's our, you know, our second banana behind Jason Tatum. So real quick, we're going to wrap this one up. I think we've prattled on long enough (laughs) here, but we are going to be going live after the Pistons game. So please join us. Thank you, everybody in the chat. We really enjoyed it. It makes the show so much better and it's more fun for us when people are jumping in the chat. So please try to do that. Hop on YouTube when we go live and join the show. Jake, love your work. That's going to do it for this one. Peace.